0: Welcome to what we like to call the Mac in 3 OTP.
1: That was one of the coolest things. Hey, people listen to this a lot. Sometimes they do. No, they do. And, and off of that, right there, they did. And they asked me about Mac and 3, and I said, <laughs> these three that I'm working with are brilliant. That's Dave McGinnis.
0: He would be the Mac. Amy Wells is here. Hello. The great Jim Wyatt is here. Two of three. And I'm Mike Keith. So it is the Mac and 3 OTP on Friday, March the 15th, with much to talk about. This is why I contend that the National Football League is the most popular sport in America. Not only is the football great in the fall, but we go year-round making news like nobody else, and the past week has been unbelievable.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's been wild and crazy. I always describe free agency in this type of or this time of the year as a giant game of Red Rover. Every offseason – Every person in the NFL lines up in two lines and then they all run at each other and switch teams. I don't I couldn't tell you who plays for any team right now. I have no clue, but it has been so much fun to watch this news. Twitter is on fire.
1: This this to me, look. There is never an off season in the National Football League. There is just a season when you don't play games. There is f- this NFL is full on every minute of the day for 12 months out of the year. This is a huge part of it. I love her analogy because, look, this is an extremely important part right now. There are four stages to NFL free agency. This is the first stage we've gone through, the first immediate stage that you go through before the draft, after the combine. All right, the league has reconciled a little bit of the tampering with the two-day's legal tampering it used to go on all the time believe me i did it uh, <laughs> i'm just telling the truth but now now as to what we have you've got we've got three more sections of free agency to go don't think that it's it's completely over yet but the first initial phase where you get the first influx as as amy says where everybody starts to switch very very quick it's really exciting it's interesting and if you do it right you're making your team better
3: yeah, it is It is a 365-day league year now. I mean, it's, it never stops. Free agencies, one thing that has changed over the last, you know, eight years, I guess, once this three-day period started is initially I think the league didn't want teams even announcing deals. They didn't want agents announcing deals until the league year started, which was this past Wednesday. Uh, and I remember the first year when that went into effect. 3 o'clock central time uh, on the day free agency started, your Twitter would just blow up because all these deals were announced at the same time. Now the first wave of free agency is over with by the time the actual league year starts and all these deals, it's kind of a free-for-all. All these deals are announced. The teams can't do anything about it until the guys come in. And and sign and pass a physical, but the agents now are leaking these things left and right. Where Monday was a flurry, Tuesday was a, a flurry. You look at some websites, and they've already got the contracts posted with the signing bonuses and the year the year salary. So that part has completely changed, and uh, and it here we are, you know end of the week and can, things continue to happen from players getting released to players being signed and it's going to go like this for uh for a while until things really slow down
0: let's start with the latest news as we tape the mac three otp and that is the release of right guard josh klein Jim White, surprised.
3: No, I mean, I I think that, uh, you know, certainly a big addition by bringing in Roger Saffold to play one of the guard spots. I think when that happened, I think some people assume, well, it's going to be okay. It's going to be Saffold one side, potentially Klein and then Ben Jones in the middle. Well, if you ask me, and I'm not trying to slight Josh Klein, I think when I looked at that group inside last year, he was the probably the worst of the bunch and uh again i'm not trying to disrespect him i thought ben jones was better than people thought he was and i think that uh that kline struggled and i think with this contract situation uh you know i think john robinson figured make this move now and still plenty options out there in free agency and the draft where you can still, people may panic here, you know, on March the 15th. Okay. Who's your, who's your other guard going to be? There's time and there's options on the roster that can help you back up there. And uh, so that, that seat won't be left
1: uh, unfilled, uh, you know, heading into uh, off season work. General managers in this league separate themselves by these types of decisions. Because, and again, I've done this a long time. And look, those general managers, you make decisions. Every decision you make, you make to make your football team better. But if that decision doesn't work out and you are willing to admit that it didn't work out and move on, those types of general managers are the type that you want as a head coach. Believe me, that's what you want, and it, and as a fan base, that's what you want also. Because look, you're dealing with human beings. You're you know even even if you are getting a free agent out of this league that you've watched them play, you can st- it can still not work out like you want it to. And and take the money out of it. And once you take the money out of it and make as long as you're making pure football decisions with every personnel decision you make, you are getting better. John Robinson is at the top of the list, in my opinion, being able to separate himself and and from and because you gotta take your ego out of it. Just because you made the decision and it doesn't work out, admit that it didn't work out and go make a better one. I like the move.
2: Coach Max taking the money out of it. I'm putting the money back into it because realistically, not every person on the offensive line can be getting paid. There's only so much money to go around. We know Taylor Lewan got paid last year. Roger Saffold's going to get paid. Jack Conklin is going to get paid. Ben Jones has a contract right now. So you've got to do some allocating of funds and finances So as much as it's a decision based on productivity and all of that, there's also a financial decision to be made.
3: And as Coach Mike mentioned, I mean, I've (laughs) seen it happen a ton of times. You've seen it happen more times than I have. But, uh, you know, a GM makes a a decision like that, and they're going to ride with them until – the wheels fall off because they don't want to admit the mistake. And that creates a bad feeling among the coaches uh, at the front office. And you kind of got a feeling in the locker room, you know, the only worries this guy's playing because he's got, you know, he was, he's being paid this much money. So you eliminate that stuff, as Coach Mack said. And uh, uh, I think it's a move that had to be made. And uh, now I'm curious to see what happens uh, at that other guard spot.
0: Could Kevin Palmfield, who was re-signed this week, end up being the titans starting right guard well he could he
1: could he's going to compete for it but look as i said there's some more levels of free agency to go and remember now the area you're in now to fill your football team is a draft and this draft we were, we were all at the combine together we've been going through this for a month and a half now this draft is big people concentric this year <laughs> offensively defensive line there's some guys, they're dudes that can play. I'm talking about in the top 100 players.
3: Yeah, and I, I think I'd be surprised if it's Palmfield. I mean, I, I think you know so many things are at stake here because if you draft a a, a a true center in the, you know, in the NFL draft, potentially you move Ben Jones to play guard. So you've got to keep that in mind as well. I, I think, I think the starter will come. Uh, what the, the starting spot that's filled, whether it's center or guard, is going to come from somebody not not uh, on the roster right now.
2: Well, and we have to remember that in training camp, that's really when we're going to see how this line shakes out. There's so much time during camp where they rearrange everything, and we'll see all kinds of people playing all kinds of different positions. And they're just trying to find the best fit for everyone and the best chemistry along that line. So. I think that we can watch them acquire offensive linemen and try and find some pieces that we can speculate might fit. We're not going to know until we get to training camp.
0: Is that why, Dave McGinnis, the signing of former Ram Roger Saffold was exactly the right signing
1: for the Tennessee Titans? I was so happy when that happened. First of all, he was the best interior offensive lineman in this free agency period. You know, I've got five years of experience with Roger Saffold, in, in st. Louis and in LA that guy was the best offensive lineman we had we played him at left tackle left guard right guard right tackle okay and he really began he really began to to, to blossom you know once they finally brought uh, Andrew Whitworth in and, and put him right next to him look Roger Saffold is a Big man that is light on his feet. He's powerful. He's got a lot of nasty to him, and he's smart. You saw his press conference. I mean, this this was a tremendous signing for this football
2: team. I must say, the bear hug between you and Roger Saffold after the press conference was the most magical thing I've ever seen. It was lovely. Let there were ta- friends reunited. He's a big dude. It was it melted my little. He heart. He would
3: have been called for holding by the way he got <laughs> he was right, Coach Mac. Uh, it was lovely. That know this about
1: Coach Mac. Coach Mac. Only hugs
3: good players. <laughs> uh, he, he is. I mean, I, I think to welcome a guy like that who, is, who has the versatility, uh, that can play a number of positions, uh, as Amy mentioned, competition and training camp could could lead to some surprises. And as many guys you've got that have played guard and played tackle and played on both sides, it helps you in, in trying to come up with some conclusions. But if a guy that just came off a Super Bowl appearance, Knows what it takes to win. Uh, I think he's going to fit in great in this locker room. I was impressed with his press conference yesterday.
0: The Titans will have a new backup quarterback. Friday afternoon, the team makes a trade with the Miami Dolphins. And they obtain Ryan Tannehill, Jim Wyatt. Are you surprised by the decision to move away from Blaine Gabbert and obtain the former Texas A&M signal
3: caller? I'm not. I mean, I figured it was coming. You just didn't know who it was going to be. And then, you know, certainly words started to circulate here inside the building yesterday, and and kind of knew it was coming, just a matter of when and. Uh, I think that he's an upgrade. I mean there's no question you can say it and I thought Blaine Gabbard, you know he took some unfair shots I think from some people last year but, but he's you got to give him credit for winning. Uh, you know the Texans game for this team. He won the Redskins game for this team. I thought he stepped in and played well as a backup, but this team needed to get better there. And I think with Ryan Tannehill, he'd get better. These numbers kind of speak for themselves. I'm just talking about. I'm just going to run down these real quick games. Tannehill 88 to 56 for Gabbert wins 42. Tannehill 16. Gabbert completion percent is 62.8. Tannehill 56.2. Gabbert passing yards in his career 20,434 Tannehill 9,063. Gabbert yards per attempt seven. Uh, uh, Tannehill, Gabbert 6.1. Touchdowns 123. Tannehill, Gabbert 48. Passer rating 87.0. Gabbert 71.7. Rushing yards 1210. Rushing yards for Gabbert 631. And overall QB passer rating in 2018 92.7. For Tannehill 74.9 to Gabbert. Numbers don't always tell you the same the story, but. Hills played a lot more games. He's been a lot more effective, and he's a better backup option for this team moving forward. Well,
0: great athlete, too. A lot of people forget that he began his career
3: at Texas A&M as a wide
0: receiver. So to me, Amy, he is much more similar to Marcus Mariota in terms of play style because, as Jim mentioned, he can run. He doesn't run quite as well as Marcus, but he can run you can run the same offense with him.
2: Well, and that's the thing. That's what you're ultimately looking for in a backup quarterback is someone who you don't have to change the scheme for or you don't have to dumb down the playbook for when they're in because they have such a different skill set from the number one guy. So with Tannehill, you have more of that similar skill set. You have – more parallels between the two so if something were to happen in the middle of a game you don't have to change anything he can just come in and keep it rolling and that's really what this team is looking for and I think that that's what this team has been lacking in the past
3: and John Robinson made no I mean he tried to clear up any confusion that anybody would have about what t- Ryan Tannehill's role was going to be coming in because I think already on Twitter you see some stuff and about people well as could Tannehill compete with Marcus and be the starter he's coming in here to be the backup, you know. John Robinson told that to Ryan Tannehill. He told that to Marcus Mariota. Uh, so you kind of know the expectation coming in. With that said, if you're Ryan Tannehill and you're looking for a good landing spot, you know it's a smart business move to come here. Marcus Mariota's got one year left on his contract. He has not. He needs to prove he can stay healthy, and if he can't stay healthy, Ryan Tannehill is going to get a chance to play this guy again. I mean, there's no question one of the best, one, a starting 32 quarterback in this league, and now the Titans have two starting quarter, two guys that could start at quarterback, even though Marcus is clearly the number one.
0: And with the departure of Gabbard and the fact that Miami picks up some of the deal, it's in essence cap neutral. You improve your backup you move up 45 spots from the 7th round to the 6th round this year, you give up a 4 next year, but it helps your 2019 football team, I think Definitely.
2: Well, and I think that's what these moves are about right now. Listen, this Tennessee Titans team has shown how close they are. So we're not thinking about rebuilding a team for years to come as we've seen us do in the offseason previous years. We're thinking about 2019. How can we get the best pieces for this team right now? I think this is a move that shows that in 2019, the Tennessee Titans aren't messing around.
0: Staying with offense, Adam Humphreys comes from Tampa Bay, 76 catches for over 800 yards, five touchdowns, 48 of his 76 catches went for first downs. Told me in an interview yesterday, sure, call me a slot receiver. Some receivers resent that. He doesn't. He says, that's what I do. If there was any signing that I think the Titans could have made that fit exactly what the doctor ordered, it was Adam Humphreys at slot.
3: And he helps everybody. He helps the quarterback because he gives him a guy to find in the middle of the field. He helps Delaney Walker because it's one less more guy that t- defenses have to worry about. He helps the running game. He helps outside receivers. Uh, uh, and I think you know the fact, and not that the Patriots are certainly the team you got to model yourself after, although they have been very successful. But the fact that they were in on him so much and made a, a run at him two different times to get him kind of shows you the way the league respects what he has done. And I think he's going to be great in this offense. He's a tough guy, makes tough catches across the field. He takes hits. He he makes guys miss. He gets gets first downs. Uh, uh, I think fans are really going to like him.
1: You know what? You, you, we've all seen the film. You can watch film and, and evaluate people, but you don't know the person. You can't get the person off the film. I had two assistant coaches for Dirk Cutter on offense call me when we signed him, one that you know I'm very, very familiar with. The, all he wanted to say was, Mac, you could not have signed in this organization a more professional player. They said, this guy is a pro, and he is fantastic. Look. He has, got, he has got stick them and miss them to him. I mean, he can stick his foot in the ground. He can run those option routes as, as good as anybody I've ever seen. He's a tough player. But their, their qualification and their recommendation as a person, and I think, we've seen, I, thought, I think we saw that character displayed by not only what he did because New England coming after him at the last minute was legit. Believe me, I was contacted by that, too. That was legit. And for him to hold to his guns, and that, to me, says a world about the person, and the person is important. Speaking of professionals, the re-signing of
0: Kenny Vaccaro, as significant as anything the Titans have done, Amy Wells, you sat down with him in our St. Thomas Sports Park studio, and really – An interesting conversation because it was clearly the most open and excited that I've ever heard Kenny Vaccaro when he talked.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, let's first say he had just signed his contract, so it's not hard to be excited after that happens. But he really was fired up about returning to this team. He talked a lot about the guys in that room with him and how close he is with Adory and Kevin Byard and Malcolm Butler and all those guys. He said he even FaceTimed Malcolm Butler, and I quote... Malcolm Butler doesn't talk to anyone unless he has to, so I think that they have a really strong bond, and he just thinks that the sky's the limit for all of the guys in the secondary, and he was so excited to get back with this team and continue to build on what they did last year, which I thought was just so cool.
3: Yeah, and, and I think certainly, uh, and the way, and he spoke to it. And before I get too far away from Humphreys, I want to—I forgot to mention that he had not only the Patriots, he—he he understand he had four teams that were that wanted him when free agency started and it, so he picked the titans over four other teams uh, 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 you know across the nfl and stuck to that commitment as far as vicaro goes i mean it's it's we talk about the comings and goings around the league and it uh, you know from guys getting released to guys getting signed to guys getting extensions and i thought the really touching thing from him out of the press conference yesterday was him talking about jonathan cyprian jonathan cyprian you know, really good guys we all know and had bad luck here his first year he played just 10 games, came back, finished the year strong, I think he, he felt like he was going to have a great 2018 he tears his ACL in camp and Kenny Vaccaro shows up here a couple of days later and played extremely well and and Cyprian knows how the league works, I talked to him at the Super Bowl, he said hey, there's a scenario where I'm back and Kenny Vaccaro's not there's a scenario where Kenny Vaccaro's back and I'm not, there's a scenario where both of us are back, he said you can't control that, we'll kind of see what happens about that I think he kind of felt like the rotting was on the wall. And even with that, he supported Kenny Vaccaro all the way through. And to hear Vaccaro talk about him and get emotional, tearing up uh, about the support he got from Jonathan Ciprian, I thought said a lot just about not only Ciprian, but just about kind of the relationship guys are forming inside that locker room. Vaccaro's a great uh, get. He was going to go. So if you don't get him, He's going somewhere else to play. Uh, he's got good chemistry with Kevin Byard and uh, those guys all like him. He's a tone setter, you know, on the defense. And uh, you know, he's another big hit. He, he doesn't count as a free agent because he's not coming from another team, but he's a big free agency to get in my mind and keeping him uh, from going somewhere else.
1: You know, the first time Vaccaro showed up here was that situational practice we had at the end of training camp uh, because, you know, he'd was he he'd been a free agent for that long. I've known about Kenny Vaccaro. He's a West Texas guy, of course, which I'd, you know, defer to a lot from Brownwood, Texas. Look, this kid was the best. He was the best safety coming out of the draft when he came out of the draft. I've liked his game, you know, ever since. And I like it even more now that I see very seldom do you bring a guy in that late that fits in immediately with your team as fast as he fit in. And that as quick as he assimilated himself to Dean Pease's, not only schematically, but the way that he – look, he's a legitimate tough guy. This is a legitimate tough guy playing in a legitimate tough defense, and he fit right in. This, to me, was an extremely important signing for two reasons – he doesn't have to relearn anything. He can only start to build on what he had. The chemistry that that Amy has talked about within that group I thought was one of the most major things to the development of this defense, the way Dean Pease used them, and plus, he wanted to be here. You could tell he wanted to be here, and that's you want that. That's why this organization is so strong. They are building a locker room and a culture that people want to be here when you have have that you could sense that from roger saffle yesterday he said coach mack this is a good place isn't it i said it's a great place
0: roger tight end luke stocker is not going to be here he leaves the titans to go to the atlanta falcons jim wyatt were you surprised by that
3: well he had not, he was he had an opportunity to come back I mean, he's a guy that the team was interested in re-signing and he apparently got a better offer from the falcons and uh, you know Sometimes that happens in free agency. Now you've got a spot to fill. And, uh, you know, that, that room is not empty. I mean, certainly Jonu Smith, Delaney Walker, Anthony Furcher, you know, played well last year, Michael Pruitt. Uh, but I think you'll see another addition there. I mean, but soccer was, you know, he's a butt of a lot of jokes because of the fourth and one carry that he had in Houston. But it, it overlooks the fact he's a really good blocker, a good team guy, a good player, and uh, and – he leaves a little bit of a hole here that needs to be addressed. Because he is that physical presence. Amy Wells, were you surprised?
2: Um, No, I wasn't surprised. I figured that with the way that free agency works, there's always a guy that gets away that you're always like, ah, I wish we could have. But, I mean, it leaves a lot of room for the Titans to make some moves and find another physical blocking tight end. I know there are some in the draft. I know that there are still some out there. I am not worried about the tight end position for a second.
1: No, I mean, it, it's not surprising. Amy's, Amy's exactly right. You're going to lose some. You're going to lose some. And then and, and what you try to do, clearly, I mean, there's contingency plans uh, throughout this roster. And as soon, as soon as that slot was vacated, believe me, they've already got plans as to how to fill it. And, and what Amy says is right. There's a lot of ways to fill that slot there are people in this draft you know i've been going through this draft pretty heavy there are guys in this draft like that that will be filled
3: and and i think it kind of shows you what the front office is dealing with too on some of these deals because while they wanted stocker back i think there was a point they weren't going to cross or there was a number on him that what his value was and if you could get it somewhere else and and want to try that you know go for it but uh And I think that's what happened here. I mean, I I think he certainly was a guy that was was, – they tended to re-sign, but they weren't going to overpay or put themselves in a position where they were going to extend themselves too much.
2: And this is such an interesting time of the year because in terms of guys and teammates in locker rooms, everyone understands that this is the time to get that money. You know, this is the time where people are – trying to do what's best for them and their personal business where teams are doing the same thing and they're trying to do what's best for the team business so this is the time where we see some of that wheeling and dealing and people get away and guys move on that you wish you could have kept and were good for the team and all of that but guys are trying to get their money and I think everyone understands that
1: this is professional football that's right Mm -hmm. and that's what you do and and
3: that's where tough decisions are made. But there's the guys in free agency. Do you chase the money or do you st- go to a place where maybe you're a better fit? And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying this is what happened with Luke Stocker, But I look around the league, and you know Monday, Tuesday, seeing some of these contracts that are just for whopping numbers, and you think, you know, okay, this guy at least is going to have money and security. But maybe the situation is not going to be great for him. Uh, you got to really weigh what's most important to you.
0: All right, let's talk about re-signings. We mentioned. Palmfield in the offensive line. Uh, that's one that certainly stands out. David Flewellen in at the running back position, Amy Wells. He's a, certainly a popular guy within the building and for good reason.
2: He is. He's a good guy. And I think everyone was so sad to see him go down late in the season. He was just starting to get some carries, be impactful. And then he goes down just out of nowhere, untouched. So I think. I'm very excited to have him come back, see what he can do in his, what would be, I guess, his third year here, Mm -hmm. and really see him start to develop and maybe earn some of that respect and earn some of those carries. I'm glad that he's going to be here for another year.
1: No, I think he's an important piece. Look, 53-man roster, there is nobody that is not important. You know, that that's something that everybody needs to remember. You know, there may be some more visible guys, but the importance to a franchise and the importance to a club, and I think this is a nice piece. He's a good special teams player. You know, he can he can also you know, he can also do some things offensively. I like I that he's he's coming back. And another piece, Ty Smith at the cornerback
0: position. And before we talk about him specifically, I mean let's talk about the Titans at corner. Name me a team in the league who has a better five man corner situation than a Dory Jackson, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, LaShawn Sims, and Ty Smith. Uh, Durden and Kalu certainly have shown potential as well. It's very rare for a team to not be worried about corner depth at this moment in the offseason. That's one spot the Titans have to feel pretty good.
3: Yeah, I would. I mean, I, and I do. I mean, you know, he is a guy that started two playoff games just a couple of years ago and if not for an injury he would have been involved uh, this past season to some degree so uh, good players worked hard really like him and I agree Mike I I think the secondary uh, at least a cornerback spot is good I think certainly we've talked about Cyprian we've talked about Vaccaro um, I could still see another addition
1: there coming uh, but um, I think a secondary corner you're in good shape. Eleven personnel just for our listeners, get that in your mind, 11 personnel. That's what most people line up with offensively in the National Football League, not only on third down but on first and second down. It's three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, and a lot of times dispersed to look like an empty set. You can never get enough cover people on your defense. You just cannot do it, and, and that, that's so important. You've got to build that because the way this game is expanded offensively, especially horizontally, you've got to have guys that can cover in space.
0: Right now, only three safeties on this roster. Can the Titans find another safety in this draft who could help them taking out Dane Cruikshank because maybe he can step in and, and play more of a role on defense than he did last year? Just gonna take him out for just a second. But can they find safety help that can be immediate help for the defense? in the 2019 draft.
1: Well, it depends on what you talk about immediate help. I mean, you've got two guys that can play interchange back there with Vaccaro and Bayard. They can play back. They can drop down. If you ask me if there are safeties in this draft that will be able to contribute as rookies from the line of scrimmage, and I'm, we're not talking special teams, my answer is yes. I've already vetted these guys. The answer is yes.
3: Yeah, and I agree. Uh, I, I can't help but wonder you know, if Kendrick Lewis is hanging around out there, whether or not he's you know, potentially somebody you consider. I can't help but wonder – what happens if if uh, if Jonathan Ciprian remains a free agent for a long time, and uh, you know would that potentially be an option? But you know at this point he's probably to come back here. Obviously, would be taking a heck of a lot less money, and I think pride comes into play. Jonathan Ciprian's a great guy, but I think I do think you can't dismiss the fact that it's t- it may be tough for a guy to come back into a locker room on a reduced role after being a being a starting safety for you. Uh, you know, at the start of your career here. Damian Webb, who was on the practice squad last year, could he be a factor, Jim? Could be. I mean, is thought enough to, to still be hanging around here and spent so much time with the team. Uh, somebody to keep an eye on, but I think uh, there's going to be more incoming at that position.
0: All right, so lots to do in the secondary. A lot of talk in this offseason about pass rusher, about outside linebacker, about strengthening that position. Uh, when the reports came out that, Cameron Wake was going to be the first signee for the Titans at the outside linebacker position. 98 sacks in 10 years, five Pro Bowls. Amy Wells, were you surprised?
2: I was ecstatic.
0: Were you surprised?
2: Uh, No, not really. I think that it has. it is no secret that that's an area of need for the Tennessee Titans. And I think that that was a priority for everyone upstairs. And... Um, I was, just, I was beside myself. I was so happy. I, I think that he is going to be such a good fit for this defense, and I think that Dean Pease is going to have a lot of fun with him.
1: I'm not surprised. I've got a lot of history with Cameron Wake in this building. You know, when Jim Washburn was defensive line coach here, he called me into his office to look at Cameron Wake's two seasons in the, in the CFL when he went up there and was adamant and went upstairs, which Washburn would do. Yes, he you know, would. He'd go upstairs and, and kick doors open. And this is the guy <laughs> that he wanted, and, and for good reason. This is a natural pass rusher. Now, now, he's 37 years old. He can still rush the passer. It didn't surprise me. I mean, he could have been in this building a long time ago. I'm happy he's here.
3: Well, it's funny of, of all the moves so far. This is the one that I've gotten both sides on because one side is ecstatic about getting a guy who's got 98 career sacks. He's got five multi-double uh, digit sack years, uh, you know. But the other side of it is he's 37 years old, and you'll wonder how much gas he has left in the tank. I'll say this: I'll, just reading the stuff out of Miami and seeing some of the playtime stats, uh, they're sad to see him go. I mean, because he. Was a good player uh, and very productive in reduced snaps last year, but he's also such a great guy, you know, in the community and in the locker room, and and that helps a team as well, especially a team a team that has some youth that needs to develop. So, uh, I think he's going to make an impact on this team in 2019 and hopefully beyond. Uh, but I think just his presence alone will uh, will do this team some good. You've said something key because
0: my first thought when I read it was Harold Landry just got a lot
1: better. Well yeah he did because I mean, you know, look, let's talk about two thousand nineteen because that's why you signed this guy. I mean you signed this guy to be able to bring and we we all know we needed a little more heat from the edge. And and you start A lot more. Yeah. Well and you start signing guys like this, you know, for two thousand nineteen. I mean to me that's important and the way you construct a, a team I mean, you've got to construct it with different pieces. All of the Lego pieces have to fit, but they're all different shapes and sizes, but they all fit together if you get the right ones. This is the right one for right now, in my opinion. What? has made him such a special pass rusher Dave McGinnis. Well, look, first of all, he's a great hand-use guy. He understands and he and he's he made himself like that. He came into this league out of Penn State as a stand-up behind the line linebacker. That's not his world. He, went he was to, basically uh, Wesley Woodyard. He went to yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he's behind the ball linebacker. He went to Canada, okay? You know, where it's a, it's a three-down game and and developed himself into a pass rusher. And, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer back to Jim Washburn again because of this. He's one of the best I've ever seen at identifying pass rushers. I mean, he'll look under every rock in America to find a pass rusher. And, I mean, and that's, and that's the truth. And he knew what it took. This guy, this guy had as good a bend. Now, he's not a Gumby dude, but he's a guy that can bend and get low and turn. And plus his hand usage, his counter moves, this is a pure pass rusher. And so that's what makes him so good. Plus, he is relentless. He's relentless when he plays. Number of snaps are going to be important. You know what Jim just brought up. But he's relentless when he's out there with his hand on the ground.
3: Yeah, and I envision that's how the teams using him. I know there's a lot of questions, well, is he playing outside backers? Is he playing with his with his hand in the dirt? I envision him pain in the dirt defensive end in a 4-3 alignment and maybe playing alongside uh, Jarrell Casey on a lot of snaps. But – uh, so, I still think there's a need moving forward uh, at outside linebacker, edge rusher to kind of help that young group as well. But he's a different, I mean, he's kind of a specialty guy that gives, uh, as Amy mentioned,
1: Dean Pease kind of another toy to work with. Maybe like what Charles Haley was doing late in his career, though know, a lot like why Dallas brought Charles Haley in from San Francisco. Look. Again, let's go back to this 11 personnel thing I talk about. A lot of times you're going to use four-man spacing if people are going to widen you out, okay, on first and second down. Four-man spacing, whether you're a 3-4 or a 4-3 team, four-man spacing is, a, is coming into being a lot in the National Football League on early downs just because of the way offenses are being played. That's how you – they will use this guy. Dean Peas will. they will figure ways to rotate this guy in there. I like the signing.
2: And I'm loving the mix of veteran leadership, the old guard with some young, fresh talent. I think that that's going to be a good mix on this defense and is going to be a big part of what makes it so successful is you've got the young, fresh guys who can get a lot of reps. You've got the older guys who can really help train up some of the young pups. And I think that he's going to be a great, great fit for this defense.
1: Again, talking to – to people that worked with him, because they changed staffs down there in, in Miami. This guy's work ethic, off the charts. Not necessarily a big rah-rah guy, you know, big talker, tremendous work ethic, I mean, from Kendall Cant. I mean, that's what you want. That's Look, the biggest way that young players learn from veteran players in this league, it's not so much what the veteran players say on a day-to-day basis, it's what they do. This guy does. Yeah, he's, and he's twice
3: been named the winner of the Don Shula Leadership Award down there. He was the, you know, he's the Ed Block Courage Award when he came back from the torn Achilles tendon, I guess, a year later. I mean, just people have admired the way he's worked, uh, and he's going to set a great example for, for everybody on this team.
2: Here's how you know how fired up I am about Cameron Wake. I am the first person in this room to call someone old. I am the very first one. Yes, you are. And in this situation, I say age is only a number. I'm not worried about it. I think he's young at heart, and I'm ready to watch him play. Boy,
1: that's a change.
2: That's how you know I'm excited. Or she's a sellout. But, but no, no, no. Let me say <laughs> this.
1: You, you, know, you know where I talked about at the beginning of this uh, podcast, GMs that separate themselves because they're willing to admit maybe they didn't make the right decision the first part? That's what she's doing. <laughs> I mean, she's she's, sep- she's separating herself. <laughs> a- she is separating herself.
0: Want to hear from Cameron Wake yourself? Well, you'll get a chance right here. This is my visit with Cameron Wake from earlier today, just after he signed his contract. Cameron Wake, as you have had success in your thirties, I have wondered this: you leave Penn State, you go to the Giants for six weeks in the off season, don't make the ball club, okay, <laughs> and then you go to work as a mortgage banker. Yes as an intern at a fitness center, and eventually you became a personal trainer, right? I did. And so for two years, you're in the process before you go to Canada of doing that. As you have had great success into your 30s, how much has that personal trainer experience helped you to kind of keep your body fresh, learn new techniques? How much has that experience meant to your football success?
4: You know, it's helped me out in a lot of ways. Obviously the physical part um it was a tremendous success trying to get your body right what to eat what kind of uh exercises to do to get ready for you know the demands of the football world but i think more so mentally it was a a tremendous success because it it helped me kind of not only for time management but that work ethic you know i was in the traditional nine to five role where there's nobody helping you there's nobody counting on you there's no coach blowing the whistle there's nobody waking you up those those things are all on you and obviously, to be successful in this, in this profession, in this league, um, you gotta be a self-starter, self-motivated, you know, you can't have people holding your hand or, or coddling you. And, you know, those have been some of the lessons that I've probably carried on in, in, you know, to my to later years and trying to also pass on to some of the young guys as well.
0: Your story and the success has been unreal. I think a lot of us knew you as Derek Wake <laughs> uh, back when you were being recruited out of high school and at yeah. Penn State and then you go to Canada and they get your name wrong and start calling you by your middle name and suddenly you're Cameron Wake. Uh, What would Derek Wake think of Cameron Wake's great success in the CFL and now 10 years in the National Football League, five Pro Bowls, 98 sacks? Mm -hmm. What would that guy back then have thought of what you have been able to do?
4: I I hope he wouldn't be too surprised. (laughs) I know it was a dream of his. I'm thinking back to when I was a... A young a young pup and just you know wanting to be successful i knew physically having the gifts and just you know wanting the opportunity so derek just wanted an opportunity just give me a chance you know once i get on the field uh you know i, I would like to think you wouldn't be able to deny me and um cameron got the opportunity <laughs> to do it and uh, i think derek's cheering him on somewhere in in the uh, other world but um it's definitely been a, a tremendous journey you know i've loved every minute of it all the ups and downs everything that comes with it and uh, you know, I'm looking for more, so I'm, I'm here. So why didn't you correct the guy in Canada? You know, at the time, I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't think I, I would stick. I didn't think I'd be there very long. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know what? This might not be a big deal. Um, but then obviously, I started having success, and I was like, well, it's not broke, so. Let's are you not superstitious? Is that? I wouldn't say I'm superstitious, but it, it was something that was going well. So I'm like, I don't want to upset the apple cart. I'm just going to leave things as they are, and uh, I kind of ran with it. And it, it's worked out for me so far. What does your family call you? Family calls me Derek. They still call you Derek. Yeah, okay. They call me Derek. Thirty-seven years old. You've made
0: a couple of bucks. You, so you've keep, you've done well. Why <laughs> keep doing this? Why is this still important to you?
4: You know what? Every day I look in the mirror, and uh, you know, goal of mine way back was to, to maximize your potential. You know, and I've always been a person that you know you want to achieve more than you have in the past. You know beat your best self it's kind of like the mantra and so you know every season at the end of the season I kind of look in the mirror and I say hey do you still have it in you can you still do more and the answer is yes you know I coach sign me up again Um, if not the day that if that ever that day ever comes that'll be the day I hang up the cleats and and move on but um, you know there's still fight left there's still you know I feel like ability to go out there and help teams win and um, I still have a passion for the game so you know, all those things kind of fit together. My body's still, you know, in the right place. I still feel good. I'm not waking up moaning and groaning. And, um, you know, I still love the game of football. So, um, that that's what drives me. And that guy in the mirror keeps telling me to keep going forward. So, uh, here I am. Why the Titans for Cameron Wake? You know, the Titans organization has been one of the organizations that I uh, have admired from afar. You know, actually, as a, as a younger guy, actually, uh, <laughs> Grew up watching the Freak as a, as a youth and, and the Tennessee Titans were a team that I really, uh, you know, admired not only the, the you know, organization, but you know, the, the toughness of the teams and the way they played the game. So you know even we just obviously played you guys from Miami, the longest game in NFL history, um, just being able to see the team, you knew they are going in the right direction and wanting to be a part of something that's uh, obviously trending upward. So um, it seemed like a match made in heaven.
0: What does Cameron Wake have left to do?
4: you know what I've done a lot of things like you said from the personal standpoint you just mentioned some I've, I've gotten to the quarterback I've been on Pro Bowls I've been all pro contracts and all the things that are kind of you know subjective for me for Cameron Wake but um, you know I was I haven't been fortunate enough to kind of get any great team success you know to be standing holding trophies or, or you know any kind of team accolades you know I, they've kind of slipped through my fingers so um, that's kind of a big thing for me is to go out there and make sure that, you know, it's not, a, not necessarily about me. It's about everyone going and achieving the next level, um, you know, whether it be division, champion, whatever it may be. Um, holding the trophy up and, and getting the ring is something that, that's really important to me.
0: Finally, Cameron, you're a preeminent pass rusher in this league. That makes you considered among your peers a great player. So when great players switch teams, you have that opportunity to impart that work ethic the secrets, all of those sorts of things. As you work with uh, Kamala Correa, a Harold Landry, a Sharif Finch, some of the really good young pass rushers on this team, uh, what does it mean to you to come into this room and have that opportunity to pass along some of those secrets?
4: Well, that's always been something I've kind of held way at the top of my priority list. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough when I came in to have players like Jason Taylor or Joey Porter who were kind of like, you know, in the the prime later years of their careers, that kind of they've gathered so many nuggets, so much wisdom playing this game over their, you know, storied careers. And um, you know, they were guys who shared that wisdom. You know, they they passed it on. They told me kind of all the little tricks of the trade. And you know, they've you know played t- certain teams 10 to 15 times and been able to say, hey, listen, this is what this o- offensive coordinator may be thinking about, or this is how you get to this quarterback. And uh, you know, they shared that with me and. Being able to do the same in return. Um, not only is it something that I think is important, but I feel like it's a responsibility, you know, to, to pass on that stuff. Um, there's so many pieces of the game that you can only get from actually being on the field, hands-on experience. And um, you know, you know, it's kind of like the saying where you don't you don't di- you don't diminish your own light by lighting another. It's Like you take one candle light another, they both can shine. They both can shine. So um, I want everybody to be as successful as possible because that only helps you know reach my ultimate goal, which is team success. So I want everybody to go out there and get the most sacks and the most pro bowls and the most accolades because that's going to help, you know, the entirety of the team.
0: All right, as we wrap up this edition of the OTP Dave McGinnis, I want to ask you about edge rushers in the draft. You've studied them, you studied them at the combine. Two-part question. Are they numerous? And are they numerous enough that the Titans could find one on day two or day three
1: of the draft? They're numerous, but you're going to find different types of guys, all right? I mean, you've got some, you've got some guys that are going to be gone really, really early because if they bring something really special, okay? Then you have some guys that are going to be good players. They're not going to be difference makers immediately. But you're going to be able to find somebody that can either stand up or put their hands on the ground and bring something off the edge, I would say at least, at least three rounds deep. In this draft.
3: Yeah, and now the question is: is how, I mean, because you can, I've always, people have been asking about, okay, where are you going to draft? Where are you going to draft first round? And I say, well, ask me a couple weeks after free agency begins. Well, now you can kind of see where needs still stand and what the biggest needs are. And I think right now, Edge Rusher remains one of them. Obviously, interior lineman remains one of them. Uh, and I do interior, think,
0: defensive line or offensive I think line think both. both? I think okay. both,
3: yeah. I think interior, defensive line and O-line. So you could still go a number of directions. If I kind of look through the, my draft book now, I, there, there will be some guys early you can strike on. But if you'll wait, there will be some talent there as well. And I still think there's some guys available in free agency you could still sign to add depth. For fun, do you have a favorite player in this draft? Uh, Christian Wilkins is one guy that I love. Just listen to his combine interview. Graduated uh, in two and a half years. Yep, and uh, communications major. He could uh, he could play a long career here, and then maybe you know fifteen years, and then be ready to take your spot. I guess not so, my yeah. spot, <laughs> yeah. Coach Mack's spot. I yeah. need I need more than fifteen years. <laughs> maybe he a, maybe he'll have a twenty year or career. maybe he'll take
0: Amy's spot.
3: Uh, I like Probably. him, but uh, not <laughs> because he's a good player, but because he just seems like such a, a great guy. Is
0: he an edge rusher? Uh, no. Okay, you think he's going to play down? Yeah. Christian Wilkins, defensive lineman Clemson. Amy Wells, do you have a favorite player in this draft? You
2: can't ask me this. You know I get very emotionally attached this time of year. Um... I don't yet. I haven't fallen in love with anyone yet. It will happen, and it's going to be tragic as we get closer to time, and I realize that we're probably not going to pick whoever I love. And
0: you can't say Jimmy Garoppolo. No.
2: Once I (laughs) name them, I become attached (laughs) to them. It's a very emotional time of year for me. I have to be delicate.
1: Coach Mack? Yeah. I really like what Montez Sweat brings. Ooh. Ooh. I like Montez Sweat, and I'm going to tell you somebody else I really like because he's a man child. And he's hurt, and I don't care. It, Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi mm-hmm. State. Yes, I mean defensive lineman. I mean, th- this dude, this dude will split your sternum. I mean, I like him.
2: <laughs> I'm into that. Now, I and like you, that. W-
1: you wonder what his injury, what wonder what that's going to do to his uh, now, exactly. draft
3: stock, and what and whether teams will maybe cause him to fall. And if he's still hanging around at 19, you know, I think he's still a first round pick. Yeah, I
0: think he's just too good. That even if he has to take a redshirt year, I, I mean, you wouldn't think he's available till November of this year at the earliest. Having the ACL surgery, maybe he's a quick healer. Who knows? But I, I still think he's a first-round pick. He is a he and Quentin Williams are right at the top of just being those freaky interior. Quentin Williams from Alabama is so special.
1: Different kind of dudes. Yeah, really different kind. Different kind of players play the same position, but totally different types of players. You know, you want to get into Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams is, is so unique because he is a big guy, but he is slippery for a big guy. And a lot of times you don't get that. He can move his feet within a short, confined area. He's got great hand usage. And plus, he is young, young, young. Quentin Williams is special. All right. How do they follow you on Twitter, Amy Wells?
2: At Titans Amy A-M-I-E is Jim, how you spell that.
0: Jim Wyatt? Um, at J Wyatt Sports. And, of course, you can follow him certainly at titansonline.com with the great articles that he has. About everything he's covering, which uh, right now is just anything and everything. Jim White, thank you. Thank you. Amy Wells, thank you. Thanks, Mike. And Dave McGinnis, thank you for hosting the Mac and 3
1: OTP. This is our second one. I like this.
2: I like it, it got good.
1: The first one got good response. Well, this one will be better. The young people thought it was great. <laughs> this young people be like the Mac and The young and three. people yeah. like the
0: Mac and 3 <laughs> OTP. <laughs> for Jim, Amy, and Coach Mac, Mike says thanks for listening to the OTP.